God. Hello, everybody. Find your neighbor and say, Jesus is Lord. Find somebody else and say, the tomb is empty today. Find one more person and say, it's your year of divine recovery. Prepare now for divine opportunities. Supernatural acceleration. Unstoppable momentum. Find one more person, point at them real strong and say, no weapon formed against you shall ever prosper. You're on the increase. Woo, give the Lord a shout today. Hallelujah. I believe it, don't you? Amen. Give the Lord one more shout. We want to greet the great congregation. Thanks, guys. Absolutely awesome. Did you bring your Bibles today? Hallelujah. You may be seated. Grab your Bible, Father, in the name of Jesus. As always, we cast the care of this assembly, this service, the plan over onto you. It's not ours to take. You took it. You're our caretaker. Lord, I'm reminded when we came into 2020, then 2021, you told me in 2021, vaccinate the year. Then you said, cast, and I remember praying into the year, you said, cast the care of the whole year over onto me. Now, we know we do it moment by moment, day by day, situation by situation, but I am determining right here to cast the balance of the care, of the fulfillment, the manifestation, the supernatural reception of everything God promised and the accomplishments of getting done what God says personally, family, financially, ministry, internationally, in the ministerial affiliation, on television, everything we're assigned to do, it will happen. Amen. Glory to God, for it's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Now that means we have help, supernatural help. We have help from the anointing, who is the Holy Ghost. The helper is the anointing. The anointing is a helper, which means I don't have to do it in my own power. Glory to God. In fact, I'm just going to say this to you before we go any further. Behold, he said, I give you power. You power. Give you power. Over all the power of the enemy. How much is all? That means there's nothing the enemy has planned this year that can come against you and succeed. Nothing he's scheming, strategizing right now that can come against you and succeed. Behold, I give you power. Yes. Say, I have power. I have power. Over. Over. Far above. Far above. Superseding. Superseding. All. All. The sum total, the sum total. Of any of the power. Yes. The devil has ever had. Yes. I'm far above that power. Glory yes. to God. And say, the power that's in me. In on me. On me. On working with me. Around me. Woo, it's in this room. Now find somebody say, my power's in this room. Now point them and say, your power's in this room. Now say, our power's in this room. Now say, the whole room's full of power. Glory to God.
of God. The whole room's full of power. All the power in heaven, all the power in earth, the Lord of the three worlds is in the room. Glory be to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Open your Bibles, please, to John 6. I've got a few things on my heart very clearly, and I want to, uh, I want to go there, but I want to make sure we go only as far as we need to go. I don't want to stop short, but I don't want to go beyond. Power of God's in the room. Glory to God. John chapter 6, and I think most of you know that this is a tremendous, tremendous chapter in the Gospel of John, so could easily get lost in the dynamics of all that took place in this particular one chapter that John describes. But there's one aspect of this I want you to look at with me this morning for something I believe the Lord wants done. Glory be to God. Oh, glory be to God. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. And I want to start. Now, it would take too long to go back to, to verse 1. But we see that this chapter actually opens uh, at the Passover. The feast of the Jews was near. And Jesus was ministering, and there was a multitude around him because they had seen the miracles. So, you know, today... Really, honestly, the Lord said to me, you remember last week now, I just, I'm going to refer to last week very quickly, where I, I spent time with the Lord in a, in a wholly different way, which by the way, I want to thank you for being so generous to our staff. Glory to God. And I want you to know the ministry added on top and we made sure it was a blessing. So we added everything you sowed and we're so grateful for what God has done. Now our seed's in the ground. For divine recovery. We should be harvesting any day. <laughs> the fish are coming, jumping in your boat. Glory to God and their boat too. That's not their harvest, that's the blessing. You know, the blessing of God saying thank you for serving me. But their harvest is coming too. Praise the Lord. Amen. I mean, I know everything we receive is a harvest, but you understand what I'm saying. Yes, sir. So, uh, last week, the Lord said to me, as I, I told you already, that I had been through an unusual season. I won't belabor the point. It's not anything that is worth really talking about much because I don't like talking about these things. And yet, I found that if leaders aren't transparent then the people get this idea that if all they tell is the victories and the miracles and the breakthroughs, that, well, it just works for them like magic. Yes, sir. And uh, it's not true. A leader is anointed to minister to others, and miracles flow through them, and others get breakthrough. But for their own, they've got to use their own faith. Uh, uh, the anointing on me to minister in the body of Christ is not the anointing to live differently than you. The just shall live by faith. And that's why people get discouraged because they'll see a, a person that's highly anointed and they see great things that happen in their ministry and then the anointing on them when they're teaching and revelation flows. Do you know revelation can flow through a man that he doesn't actually have himself? There are a lot of people preach stuff, don't hold up revelation up. Well, that's why many times there's no miracles that follow their teaching. 
But see, the only thing that moved, and I follow, I don't mean to get deep into this, okay? I don't want to get off on this. But where I'm starting is where I'm going to wind up, and you'll understand in a minute. So we'll come back to this. But I remember coming home. I asked the Lord once. I said, it was years ago, early in the ministry, because we would have great miracles on the crusade field after the visitation from the Lord and the assignment. I remember one of the first times this particular miracle happened. It's happened many, many times since. I'm so grateful. I never take this lightly. I never want to treat common the magnitude of the miracles, most of which, many of which, not most, but many of which I've forgotten that most people live and die and never see one of. So I, I'm humbled by that. But I remember we were in the Philippines ministering, and Lori was singing in that crusade. And the Lord had told me, when Brother Oral Roberts had laid hands on me, that night, now not early on the third morning where Jesus fisted me, had that happened early a couple days, well, a couple full days later, but I mean it was the third morning early after that day. So where Jesus fisted me about that experience and what that was and what was transferred. But I'm talking about that night. Literally that night we were in the hotel and I told the Lord, I said, Lord, if there's one thing I've learned, you live by faith. And faith isn't a feeling. And I have to believe that the anointing is there, whether I feel it or not. Because my hand had been burning, and we were on the elevator, and Brother Oral, he saw me rubbing my hand like this. It was unconscious because it just felt like hot nails in it. And he looked at me, and it's the same experience that had happened to him. I said, uh, he said, your hand's burning, isn't it? I said, yes, sir. Uh, about leaning over against the wall, you know. He said, yes, and it will for seven days. And it did. That day, actually, this is something I want to talk to you about. And I want to help you understand how, how the laws of the Spirit work and why preaching works. There's a reason why preaching works and why preaching doesn't work. And why not all preachers get the same results. And why you shouldn't just hear any old word because it's got church attached to it. And so uh, I still remember he said yes and it will for seven days. That day I learned so much by experience and revelation by handling it. Now let me, let me show you a scripture here. I know we're in John 6. I promise we're coming back. But look at this scripture. The Lord, Lord seems to really on, be on this. Why? Because this is a house of manifestation. Woo, these are, uh, I'm telling you, this is the epicenter of miracles. People will come here and get more miracles on accident than they can everywhere else on purpose. Uh, it's in the house, in the atmosphere. It's like that lady that said, every time I come here, I remember her screaming out, every time I come here, I get a miracle. Well, that's the way it's supposed to be. It's a miracle house. There is no such thing is preaching the gospel powerless. Ministry of Jesus doesn't exist without miracles. So without miracles, it isn't the ministry of Jesus. He's alive. This word's designed to manifest. And uh, look at this verse, 2 Corinthians 4. And uh, notice what the Apostle Paul said about their ministry. It's a significant verse now. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry. Say, we have a ministry. We have a ministry. Woo, what ministry is you talking about? Notice, the, well, one of the ministries we have is a ministry of seeing. Yes, sir. Which is why people come here and suddenly they see things. Yes, sir. 
Spirit of wisdom and revelation is in here. So it's an atmosphere where you can see. It's kind of like this. You know, if you, you probably cannot go out on your back porch and see Jupiter. But if there is a place where you can go. If you're looking through the right lens, you can see it. If you, could, if you had the Hubble telescope on your back porch, you could see Jupiter. But you don't have it on your back porch. And that's one of the reasons God assembles the saints. Because they can see things from here they can't see on their couch. And the key to having anything is the ability to see it. We see that from the very beginning when God spoke to Abram. He said, get up and out of your house. Get away from your kinfolk. Because everything you see is because you were raised in that environment and you think just like them and you see just like them and you act just like them and I need you away from them so I can talk to you. So he said, get out of there. So he did, to a land I will show you. Now there's a flowing land. Later on they call it the land that flows. That's, that's really the promised land is the land that flows. When the river is in here, you need to learn how to flow with it. If you really want to get to your promise, you've got to get it in the land that flows. You can't be drinking from a stagnant pool. You've got to be drinking from a river. And so in Genesis 12, God told Abram, he said, go to a land I will show you, which tells you right there that, that all the promised land that God has for you, he has to show you. In other words, the promised land is revelation driven. To get in there, you've got to see yourself in there. Now, we know that's true because it is significant. It's exactly what he told Moses, Joshua. He told the spies the same thing. Ten spies, how they saw their self, kept them out. But the problem was, when you're partnered with somebody like that in majority, the majority of folks that can't see it will keep the ones that can see it delayed. Now, this is huge. You need to understand it's critically important who you run with. Amen. Because who, you, who you're running with can accelerate you or delay you. And I'm talking about consistently. I'm not talking about flying over here to a meeting and going over there because you heard they had a move of God for six weeks. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who through faith and patience have proven this thing works. Okay, so... Um, I'm talking about seeing now. And he says, therefore, seeing, we have this ministry. So there is a ministry of seeing. That's why in the Old Testament, the prophet was often called a seer. That's how Jesus operated. He did what he saw his father do. He said what he heard his father say on the inside. He saw it down on the inside. He wasn't looking into heaven all the time because the Father dwelt in me. He doeth the works. He looking down in his spirit. He knew how to look in the spirit. And what he saw in his spirit was the truth. Even when it didn't agree with what his senses were telling him or what the bank report was telling him, what he saw in here was the truth. Now, it's the truth that will make you free, but not just any truth. The truth you know. Can't be made free by truth you don't know. And you're never going to know it you see it. 
Have you ever realized that when you say it dawned on me, it means you saw something, but basically you knew something. Okay, so seeing and knowing are synonymous. Almost all knowledge is transferred in images. It's the way God works, spirit to spirit. So if you can see it, you can have it. The scripture says, Lord brought this up to me a few, just a few minutes ago while we were headed here in the airplane. The Lord said to me, he said, say this this morning. When I lead you to, well, he's leading me to early in, early in this now. Proverbs 8, 28 and 19, I believe it is, says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, we have, I say we because I feel like that the body of Christ at large has done this a lot. We're instructed to write the vision down, make it plain. We're instructed to have a vision for the ministry. You go to Bible school, they tell you, write a vision statement. All of those things. Well, that's probably a truth, but it's not the truth. Let me, let me show you this, and, and I'm going to tell you what the truth about it is. All right? It's going to be critically important. You need to see the truth about it. Proverbs 29, 18. Am I right in the right, correct verse there? 28, 19, excuse me. Is it 28, 19? I didn't see any pages turning, so you didn't know. You just assumed I knew it. Well, I do. And I want to bring it up in the Amplified Classic, please, if you would. But he that keepeth all happy is he, it says in King James. Notice what it says in the Amplified. Where there's no vision. The people perish. But now read it. Where there is no vision. No redemption and revelation. So what, what is God calling vision here? Redemptive revelation, Redemptive revelation of God. Where there is no revelation in your heart concerning who you are and what you have because you've been redeemed. You're not going to have something just because you write a statement down of what you wish could happen in your life. No, that's not how it works. There has to be a revelation of it. That's what he means when he says you have a vision. It means you get a revelation of it. You see it. Without revelation, whatever it is you do not have revelation of, you can't believe for. Because you're not persuaded that it's God's will. You're, not, you're hearing a lot of voices and trying to figure out which one's God. But you get a revelation of it now. It takes all the contingency out of it because God said this. And I know God said it. I'm clear God's the one that said that. Something So then faith comes by hearing. Hearing gets transferred on the back of revelation or rhema words, hearing God say it. And when you hear him say it, suddenly you can see yourself do it. Now that's the purpose of meditation of the scripture, Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Doesn't mean don't speak it. It means it should never leave your mouth. It should always be in your mouth. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt... Meditate therein that you might. Come on now. Come on, Bible students. I'm not, it's not a trick question. That thou might, mayest observe. The whole purpose of the Bible is to make you see. Let me, let me just talk about this a little bit. Seems like the Lord's on a track with me, so I'm going to follow it. Look at the anointing that came upon Paul. I want to look at this in Ephesians 3, verse 1 and 2. 
and you're going to underline some phrases. So if you've got your Bible, you're going to want to follow in your Bible. You need a pen, you need a highlighter. Look at what it says here. For this cause. See, Paul had a cause. Now, it's really interesting to me, the first thing that happened. Do you all mind if I do something here? Uh, it's, it's bothering me, so I'm going to get this up here. Somebody should have seen that and fixed it. Well, if y'all saw it, should have fixed it. All right, now, no, nobody's shamed in here. All right, here we go. So if you walk down the hall and see a piece of paper, bend over and pick it up. Don't make me look at that when I walk in. It's the house of God. You probably wouldn't leave a wadded up piece of paper on your carpet. Or if you do, then fix your house. All right, everybody got it? Yes, sir, we got it. All right. Thank you for correction. Because what you see gets your attention. See, this is really probably an illustrated point. It's what the enemy's trying to do is get you to see different things, to turn, be distracted, to look off. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, here we go with Paul. For this cause, I, Paul. For this cause, he had a, Paul. He had a, he had a cause, right? And, and we, we understand, it's really interesting about the Apostle Paul's ministry because it tells us in Acts chapter 9, and we're not going to turn there, but in Acts chapter 9, it tells us he was visited supernaturally. He saw a light, he heard a voice, and the, he said, Arise, go into Damascus, and it will be told you. Because he asked, he asked the Lord, when the Lord visited him, he dropped to the ground, Who are you, Lord? What, what would you have me do? Now, that, that's the biggest problem in the church. Is everybody is praying, God, do this. I believe for that. God, I need to be healed. God. But almost nobody is asking the most important question, which is, God, what would you have me to do? Now, I'm going, I'm going obviously, towards something. The Lord spoke to me. And it may seem I'm a little all over the map, but I can see all of it going forward at once. Yes. In my spirit, I see all of the ideas going forward at once, and they're going to converge like a twisted rope at the end. I want, I want to talk about this track of seeing, and then the, this other track that the Lord visited me with yesterday. He talked to me about the healing miracle ministry of Jesus. You remember a few weeks ago when the Lord said to me, the body's too sick. He said, you've assumed that because you're walking in it and you have a revelation of it and they come to a church where there's an anointing. And he said, my body, you, you've assumed they just, they just know what you know because you refer to it and preach around it. But he said, you need to do more about teaching what you know so they get it in them so they know what you know and they get a handle, I mean a revelation of the healing covenant. It's a covenant. You should be walking in divine health. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now we're working around back where how we see ourselves and you'll see how it all comes together. And he said to me, that my body's too sick and I want you to do something about it. Well, evidently we can do something about it. Yes, sir. That we're the one that has more to do with us than it does God. He's already done his part. By his stripes, you were healed. Yes, sir. Now Jesus had, now hear me, because I'm going to refer back to this. Jesus had a healing ministry. Now, I really, I'm wanting, I wanted to get it down to the fact that he is still ministering today 
exactly the same way he ministered when he was in his body on the earth. He's just doing it through his body now. Now, the scripture tells us, I'll just give you a few verses. This is going to be like Bible school a little bit, and I'm, not, I'm just going to refer to them, so write them down. Isaiah 42. He said, Behold my servant, whom I have chosen, whom I am well pleased. He said, My spirit's upon him. And one of the things he said was he'll bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. Now, look at this verse. This is huge. He goes on to say, He will not be discouraged, and he will not fail. He will not be discouraged and he will not fail. And it's not going to be a hard thing for him to do. He, don't have to, he doesn't have to cry or lift up his voice or cause his voice to be heard in the street. This is something that's on him. And he's going to come and break what's wrong and, bring right, and set things right. He's going to be judgment to the nations. Do you see this? Now we're going to see the fulfillment of this in a minute. Let's just read a little bit more. Uh, verse 3, a bruised reed shall he not break. So he's not looking to break you. A smoking flax shall he not quench. He's not looking to put your fire out because you've been, you know, lukewarm. So it tells us here his nature. If there's even a glowing ember left, he's going to fan it into flame. If there's even any integrity left where it can be fixed, he's going to strengthen it and support it and wrap it with whatever until it heals back. Or he'll recreate it. But he's not looking to judge you. He's looking to judge the nations that have tried to break you. He's coming to fix what the world's broken in you. Glory be to God. And He's going to bring forth the judgment in your life until your life manifests what he's, the truth about what He really said about you. Now let's read on. He will not fail. Say, He will not fail. He will not fail. Nor be discouraged until He set this judgment in the earth. Even the islands wait for this. Now look at next verse. Thus saith God the Lord. You see this? And you don't have to read it out loud, but just follow in your Bible. Now, thus saith God the Lord, He that created the heavens and stretched them out, He that spread forth the earth and which comes out of it, He that gives breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk therein. I, the Lord, have called you. In righteousness, I will hold your hand, I will keep you, I will give you for a covenant to the people and for a light to the Gentiles. I'm going to read two more verses. Are you ready? To open the blind eyes. So he's called to open. Now, ultimately, by the time I'm done with the different tracks, I'm probably going to try to minimize it to three and hit all three here for just a second so that we can come to the ultimate idea. There is an anointing to open. And the Lord told me last week when I came and I prayed through the night and I came into that and he gave me instruction. He gave me instruction about the offering and how to activate it and what to preach. He said to me when I came into the daylight hours, he said to me, I just saw it float up like this. This is supposed to be your best year yet. So say that right now. This is supposed to be my best year yet. And right up behind it, it floated up and he said, 2022, year of divine recovery. Amen. And he said, arise and pursue. You without fail, recover it all, he said. Everything Satan has told you, you're going to recover it all. And 
When he said that to me, he said, you must minister this to my people because they're hearing all you promise and all I promise and the seven harvests and the unusual harvest and all of the increase. He said, but unless they get recovered and come out of where they've been that caused where they are, they're not going to be positioned to receive these harvests. He said, I got to recover them first. Monday morning, I was awakened after last Sunday when I talked about it being a year of divine recovery. And I knew by what he said to me, bam, when we got that seed in the ground, it was accomplished. Monday morning, I woke up and he said to me about this week. He said, now what I spoke to you about unusual opportunities. He said, I want you to minister to them about divine openings, the anointing to open. Unusual things now that I promised for a long, long time. Bam! Opportunities are going to start opening to them. But see, you got to see yourself recovered. Or you'll sit around twiddle your thumbs and hesitate at opportunity because it'll look imposing. And it's how you see yourself. And he's warning you and me, we're too slow right now. He's much more in a hurry to get the harvest in our hands than we are to receive it. We have no idea. There's no seemingly no sense of urgency in the body of Christ to be aware of the time in which we live. And I'm just going to tell you, 2022, he said to me in November the 13th, he said, in 2022, the shaking will not grow better. It will rather grow worse. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And the next part of that verse, said he said to me, uh, I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to hear it. But he talked about a curse that was trying to come in 2022 in the shaking and upon the people. And many of them, let me just say it this way, uh, there'll be people you don't expect leave the planet early, even this year. Two things are going to happen, and the idea is a lot of people, because they don't know how to navigate the information, are going to be confused by it. But you're going to be some what you thought were really strong, stable anointings that are maybe even worldwide names. And they're going to start dropping, boom, 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 boom. Because there's, there's things, I don't want to say these things. It is not my desire to say them. But the Lord has told me, no longer can I be silent because Satan doesn't mind voicing it all over. And the idea is if we don't counter it, the people will get disillusioned. It's not a lack of the covenant. It's a harvest of the things people have had in the unseen realm in their character. They wouldn't get fixed. And your anointing can take you to a place your character can't keep you. Just because the ministry is large doesn't mean it's strong. It certainly doesn't mean it's pure. There's a lot of things that are large that are very impure that the world's chasing after every day. Right? Yes, sir. Brother Jay told me years ago, a spiritual father, I'll never forget what he said early in the ministry. He said, son, <laughs> he said, the Tower of Babel proves that even ministers can build something by the arm of flesh if you can get enough people to buy in and agree to it. I'll never forget him telling me that. And he said, everything I, he tells you to do, he'll pay for, but everything you do, you'll pay for. That's why a lot of people are paying, because <laughs> they're the ones did it. They thunk it up, thought it would be a good idea. And that's why people get burned out and all of that. Now, let's get back over here where we were. We're talking about the ministry of Jesus now. 
and the fact that he's called to the healing ministry. And God's going to give him as a light to the Gentiles and all of that. Now look at this. To open. To open. Say the anointing to open. That's what Isaiah, we're not turning there. We're going to stay right here, okay? But only three chapters over in Isaiah 45, 1, God talked about an anointing that was going to come upon a man that would break the leave gates and open the treasures of darkness. There's an anointing to open. Somebody said there's an anointing to open. Anointing. There's some things in front of you that have looked closed, but that anointing to open these opportunities is in this house. You need to understand divine recovery has happened. You are positioned for acceleration. You are positioned. For increase, you are positioned to seize opportunities and you're going to have to see yourself as able. Amen. So I'm praying that your eyes get open supernaturally today to have a vision so that you won't perish. Because if you can't see it, it's going to perish. You have an opportunity, but it's going to go by the way. You won't seize it. But if you can see it, it may not look like the most opportune time, but if you can see it in here, no, yep, no, that's God, this is it, I better do it. Then the anointing will come on it and make it happen. The income will come, the people will come, and all of that. But you can't wait till your head understands it and all the pieces are in place to take the step. You're going to cross the river, you're going to have to put your toe in the river because God's going to roll it back. But if you're worried about it raging and waiting on God, well, I don't know, I might get swept away. But friend, you need to stay home. Because you are not seeing the fact that God's anointing is what's going to make the way. God's done His part. It's time for you to do something. Amen. Glory be to God. And that's one of the other things the Lord brought up to me. And then we're going to take this now and go down this lane. He brought this up to me coming into today. He said, my people, historically, and he said, even those that are really the strongest, that have been taught the word the most, have not done well when they get a breakthrough holding their position. He said they retreat and let the enemy have the territory back within a week. It's because of how they see themselves. We've got to see ourselves on the other side. We're on the other side of the river. We're in the land. We don't run back over here and look for manna for God to pour it out when we eat of the corn of the new land. It's a new administration of supply which you're on that side. Amen? Amen? But we have a land that flows. Amen. And he called it a land that drinks of the rains of heaven. Say so right here, this ministry is a land that flows and a land that drinks from the rains of heaven. This is where the promises are. It's where trees, fruit-bearing trees are planted. I, it's so easy for me to walk in the supernatural here in this company. This is where I need to be. When I start struggling, I need to run back here to the land that drinks. Glory be to God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now let's get back out of the, the twilight zone of how religion thinks about the ministry of Jesus. Well, of course he did that because he was Jesus. And let's get Jesus' ministry in clear view because Jesus was called. Now, we're going to see this in Isaiah 42. Jesus was not only called, he was called to a healing ministry. A healing and deliverance ministry. He was called to it. And there were places he would go, and he couldn't get that ministry done. 
Now, if he was just doing it by, as he, if he was doing it as the son of God, I'm a divine, well, he can do anything he wants anywhere he wants. But he's not, do, he's not carrying his ministry out as God. He's a man who has been given an assignment. Amen? Glory to God. And he's our pattern man. Which is why he said, the works that I do shall you do also. So listen, let me explain something to you. The works that I do shall he, the person that believes in me, do also. Which means, listen now, which means if he can work there, you can work there. But if he couldn't get any work done there, forget it. You can't either. So quit banging your head against the wall and getting all discouraged because if he can't do it, you sure can't do it because you don't have the ministry. You have his delegated ministry. So shake the dust off, go on. Help the people you can help. Because the idea is to get them to see. When they're in dark, shine a light. Don't curse the darkness. Shine a light. Help them to see God's not like huh? their past or their family or that old church or whatever. That's not who he is. Help them see who he is. For the Lord, he is good. Mm. And his mercy endure forever. And I want to show you something about his nature. We've already seen part of it in Isaiah 42 because this is the prophet prophesying about the servant that's going to come. And we know him as Yeshua HaMashiach, the Lord Jesus. And here we see he's called. He's called. This is the calling of him. And, he, and it's a covenant. I've called you in righteousness. I will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you for a covenant to the people. I will give you for a covenant. I am making a covenant with the people that wherever you go to any people under this anointing is for all of those people. Every nation, you can shine the light there and if they'll walk in that light, they can have what the anointing is on your life to bring them. I've called you to take this light to every nation. This is the calling of him. This is his ministry. It's what he's called to do. So he went about doing it, doing good and healing all the repressed of the devil. He went about doing it, doing the ministry. Hallelujah. Now look at verse 7. To open the blind eyes. So he's called to a healing ministry. To bring the prisoners out from prison. He's called to a deliverance ministry. And them that sit in darkness, bring them out of the prison house. What prison house is this? Because he just talked about another prison. So now, evidently, lack of revelation will imprison you. If you're in the dark, you're in prison. So that's one of the reasons he wants to open your eyes and bring light. It, it, you see the gates open. What am I still doing sitting in this cell? By the stripes I was healed. I had a death sentence. I'm on death row. But he went, boom. He pardoned me and bleep, the gates open. Why am I still sitting in this four by six cell when I can get up and walk out anytime I want to? Amen. Oh, when that light comes. Now look at verse 8. I am the Lord. Glory to God. That is my name. And my glory I will not give to another. Glory be to God. Now, those eight verses talk about the ministry of Jesus, and they are fulfilled in Matthew's gospel, chapter 12. 
I want you to look at Matthew 12, and we're going to apply it to the ministry of Jesus. The ministry of Jesus. As excited as I am about maybe going down every track that we've opened up today, Revelation, and th this is the one track I know that we must get done. Yes, sir. At least this track we must get done today in this gathering. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Do you see Matthew 12? Yes, We're going to start in verse 15. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Let's just go to the King James. It's fine. When Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, but great, great multitudes. Say great multitudes. Great multitudes followed him, and what happened? How many did he heal? He healed them all. Say he healed them all. Everybody in that multitude he healed. Now, I don't know what a multitude is to you, but I mean, there, there are historians that say at any given moment in those three years of Jesus' ministry, as it came to fame and popularity, there could be anywhere from consistently five to 15, to 25, and even 50,000 people. There were times, Luke 9's a time, where they ministered all day so long they didn't even have time to stop and eat. They just kept coming and going. They just kept, and so finally they got set down to eat that night, and he's with his disciples, and people come knocking on the door, want to do another meeting, I need to be healed. And he healed them, it says. Glory be, I mean, this was, which is, now you see why he did things, like going to the mountain and pray and send the disciples away, and he'd send them in a boat, Huh? Because people would run or outrun the boat to the other side of the sea thinking he's in the boat to get there and at least he'd have some solace where he could pray. Yes, sir. So it says he healed them all. Say he healed them all. He healed them all. Look at verse 16. This is so huge. And charged them they should not make him known. Next verse. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. Well, what do we know? Isaiah 42, 1 through 8. We just read it. Yes, sir. So Matthew right here is telling us by the Holy Spirit, this is the fulfillment of Isaiah 42. <laughs> this is what Isaiah spoke. So now we know Isaiah was absolutely talking about the ministry of Jesus. Amen. And specifically, Isaiah was talking about his healing ministry. He healed them all that it might be fulfilled. Yes, that he, let's say it this way. He healed the whole multitude that Isaiah 42 might be fulfilled. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm telling you, I'm saying today in this body, I'm saying today in your life, I'm saying today in my life, yes, sir. Lord, be it unto me according to your word. Amen. Fulfill your word in my body today. Today's a day of fulfillment. Yes. You know, even, even large companies now, I don't know if it's Amazon, I know Lowe's did it, and Walmart has them, whatever. But you know, did you know that instead of a warehouse, many people are calling them fulfillment centers? Yeah. Yeah. It's about time the church be a fulfillment center. Yeah. Yeah. Glory be to God. Yeah. It's about time you start placing some orders. Start making some demands on this covenant. Thank you, Lord. Claim some unclaimed inheritance today. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold my servant whom I've chosen. So you need to underline this now. It's gonna, I'm telling you, 
Spirit of Revelation's in the room. Let the Bible talk to you. Bing! Your eyes are about to open. Jesus is doing what God called him to do. Jesus is doing what God has chosen him to do. Great multitudes followed him. Everyone in the multitude was healed. That what God told Jesus to do through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Now this says God has chosen to heal them all. In every nation, the multitude. To heal the multitude. That's what God has chosen to do. Can you see this? In whom my soul is well pleased. Say well pleased. That means God is pleased when all are healed. Which means God is not pleased when his children stay sick. And do not take advantage of the great price he paid to set them free. And here's how God is going to empower Jesus to fulfill this ministry. I will put my spirit on him. Glory to God. That means the Holy Spirit, the anointing that was on him, was a healing spirit. Now this is why Acts 10.38 says what it says. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what? The Holy Ghost. That's how he did And what? And what did he go about doing? Good healing all so of the, that, were, that were oppressed of the devil. That means God calls it good when all are healed. God is pleased when all are healed. God has chosen to heal everyone in every nation. This settles the question, is it God's will to heal? And the reason it settles the question is because, number one, God's word is God's will. And he cannot lie. Number two, Jesus said, he that has seen me has seen the Father. So however Jesus responds is how the Father's going to respond. Number three, I came to do your will, O God. So everything he did was the will of God. So if it wasn't God's will to heal every one of them, he shouldn't have done it. And if God didn't want to heal every person in every nation, he shouldn't have said it. And since he hadn't changed, what he's chosen to do hadn't changed. Now let's go back to these verses. Now this is huge. Keep it right in front of your eyes. Because can you see this? I will put my spirit upon him. So Acts 10, 38. Clearly, I'm going to look at two verses here and we're going to finish this thought. Acts 10, 38. Now meditate on it. We're going to go back and forth. Yes, look at this verse. This is you. I will put my spirit on him and he will show judgment to the nations. I have put my spirit on him expressly to heal and deliver and bring revelation to everyone in every nation. My spirit is upon him, calling him. He's called to do it. Get understanding. Get revelation. Jesus is called by God to heal you. That's why he went to towns. That's why he went and preached. He did it on purpose because he was called by his father to heal. And if he hadn't done it, he would have been disobedient to God. For him, for him to obey God, he's got to go heal folk. And, and who's with him while he's doing it? God. We're about to see that, Acts 10, 38. So this settles the will of God. 
settles the will of Jesus and settles the will of the Holy Ghost because all three are mentioned in Acts 10, 38. How God. How God. Now God, now God, everything, the rest of this whole verse applies to God. Anointed Jesus. So now Jesus. So the rest of this verse applies to Jesus. Anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost. So now the rest of this verse applies to the Holy Ghost. So now God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost are in agreement. They want you healed. I'm reminded, I'm reminded of 1 John 5 where it says these three agree in heaven, these three agree in earth. Yes, See, the big problem is heaven's in agreement about this. It's earth that's not in agreement about it. Yes, sir. Amos 3, 3 says, can any two walk together except they be agreed? And if you say, God wants me to wait, God's teaching me something, uh, God's using it as a glory, God is, if you, if you, all that religious demonic lie, you're not in agreement with God because God chose to heal you. He's pleased when you're healed. He calls it good when everybody's healed. And the Holy Ghost and Jesus, they're all three in agreement. Heaven's in agreement. He wants you well. Now, if you're in disagreement with that, you're not for God. You're against him. You're working against what the Holy Spirit's in the room to do. Thank you, Jesus. And he said, you either for me or against me. No middle ground. Either you're going to let me get in there and do the work I came to do, or you won't. Either you receive me, or you won't. Either you, 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 you preach me, make me known, or you withhold me and you're not sure. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Ghost with power, who went about, whoo, glory to God, who went about. You know, this refers to all three of them. Now, we know it refers to all three of them because the last line is God was with him. God was with who? Jesus. Of course he was. How was he with him? With the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost was with him. So how was God with him? In the anointing of the Holy Ghost upon him. So Jesus is going about, and who's working with him? God the Father? And the very Spirit of God, the Father of the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost is going about healing folk. So the Holy Spirit is a healing spirit which agrees with Isaiah 42, I will put my spirit on him. Which was fulfilled in Matthew 12, I will put my spirit on him. So specifically, Jesus healed no one when he was 25. And he was just as much Jesus then as he was when he was 30. He didn't heal anybody at 28. And he was just as much the Son of God then as he was when he was 30. Oh, but Luke 4, 18. He found the place where it was written. Once again, Isaiah, Isaiah 61. <laughs> oh, my, my, my. The Spirit of the Lord God. The Spirit of the Lord God. That's all three of them. God the Father. Jesus is now the Son. And here's the Holy Ghost. They're in agreement. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. 
He has sent me. Come on. To do what? Heal the brokenhearted. He has sent me to heal, proclaim good tidings to the meek. Right? Oh, oh there in Isaiah. No wonder. Y'all are reading Isaiah. I'm talking about Luke 4, 18. <laughs> Jesus said, Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. He hath anointed me to preach the gospel, good news to the poor. He has sent me. He sent me. He sent me. So there is a healing anointing. There is a healing ministry. So when the anointing comes on you, he sends you purposefully to heal. The Holy Spirit was sent on purpose to bring healing. Woo! Glory to God. Somebody said the Holy Ghost is a healing spirit. Say, I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Well, I'm full of the healing spirit. See, I don't, now say this. I don't have to wait for healing to come on me. Healing lives in me. Will never leave me or forsake me. The divine life that produces a healthy body dwells in my temple. Now this is Romans 8, 11. This is the very same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. If he dwells in you, he'll make alive your death-doomed body. So what that spirit did in Jesus' body, it'll do in your body because you are now the body of Christ. Glory be to God. 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 Now receive it. Receive it right now. That he wants you healed. Glory to God. Now the anointing is here so strong right now. We could have a breakaway. Give me just a few more minutes. I see where we got to go at least to one point here. So just we'll, we'll just tie a knot on this thing here in a minute. But look what it says here. Glory to God. So let's go back now. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, hath anointed me. The point is, I want you to see, the Spirit came on him as a fulfillment of what Isaiah said, right? And he specifically, Jesus specifically is called into the healing ministry and anointed for it. So every gift he gave the body of Christ, every preacher, apostle, prophet, they came from Jesus. Right hand of God. He gave gifts to men. So, now didn't he say one of the gifts is the gifts of healings? Working of miracles? So evidently that gift is still available. It's a gift. Hmm. It's an anointing, a working of the Spirit. And that same Spirit is on preachers today. Actually, that same Spirit is on believers today. Believers that lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Glory be to God. Now let's go back now, please, to Matthew 12. I just really want you to lock this down in your heart. I want you to see the connection here. Hallelujah. Matthew 12. My, 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 my. Mighty anointing here. Everybody watching, I'm telling you, the Lord God of hosts, the Lord God of the angel armies, they're being dispatched. He sent the word and healed them. Healed them. Sent the word and healed them. He sent me to preach this and he's sending it through that camera to heal you. Glory to God. And those spirits are working with me. Those angelic hosts are working with me. Yes, they are. 
to carry out the ministry of Jesus, which is a healing ministry. God said about Jesus, after he healed the multitude physically, I will put my spirit on him, and he will show judgment. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is here today to judge every sickness in your body. Right now, you need to decide right now. Diabetes was nailed to the tree. Arthritis was nailed to a tree. Every blood disease was nailed to a tree. All kind of allergies was nailed to a tree. Every demon of cancer is nailed to that tree. It's dead right now in your body. Nothing barren in your body. Your body's fruitful. There'll never again be a time your body will not produce in its season in full. I, I, I'm hearing this in my spirit. Right now is the time to just decide, period. End of story. This is who I am. Now, three things I'm supposed to say to this congregation. Now, this has to do with fruit bearing in every area of life. But now, since it can bear fruit in any area, let's identify the easiest picture we have in front of us, which is having a child. Yes, sir. Number one, God told Abram when he got circumcised in the foreskin of his flesh, the reason God cut covenant and blood flowed in the foreskin of his flesh is because God wasn't just cutting covenant with Abraham's physical body and him alone. He was cutting covenant with what would ever come out of his loins. It's the whole purpose of why circumcision is the sign. Because this isn't just for you. It's for everything the life within you will ever produce beyond you. Number two, you're a tither. If you're not, you need to start. How come? Because the scripture says the Levites that came out of Abram tithed in Abraham's loins. Yes, sir. Amen. One of the purposes I'm commanded as a priest to receive your tithe is so that the heavens will open and you walk under the blessing of the covenant of Abraham, which says there'll be nothing barren, Among them, and nothing will cast its fruit in the field before the time. Are you hearing me? Now decide right now, it's my time to bear godly fruit, full fruit, in every area of my life. I am fruitful. Whatever in your, whatever area in your life, can you take that in right now? Number three, hugely important. Because one, one is Abraham, foreskin of his flesh, right? The other one is the tithe, all right? So he cut that with the loins of my flesh, right? In Jesus' name. Now, we need to understand by the Spirit of God that Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man. Or woman. Now I want you to see this. This is huge. We're going to read the whole psalm. Six verses. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. That's why you're here today. 
You're not an ungodly council walker. That does not stand in the way of sinners and doesn't seat, sit in the seat of scorning. Well, I don't know, maybe. And life's experience trumps the word. When God's telling the truth about it, my experience isn't the truth. You need to learn the difference between facts and truth. All right, now let's read the rest of this. In, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. He shall, she shall, they shall be like a tree planted. Woo, glory to God. God's doing something in your heart today. Oh, it's coming down inside of you today. Planted, planted, planted. By the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit. When? Glory be to God. And, when, and what else will happen? So when the fruit comes forth, the balance of the life cycle of that fruit, everything about it will flow and prosper and not wither. And whatever he or she doeth, that's not just referring to the person planted. That's referring to the fruit they're bearing. Whatever he or she doeth, that's their bearing fruit. Shall prosper. My fruit will prosper. Amen. Do you see that? My fruit will prosper. I mean, they'll flourish in whatever season of life they're in. Whatever season they're in, they're going to prosper. Whatever season they're in, they're going to flourish. Well, you know them adolescents. I mean, everybody goes through a phase. Yeah, a phase of prospering. Yeah, a phase of prospering. I said, yeah, they're going through a phase. They're going through the childhood phase of prospering. They're going through the adolescence phase of prospering. They're going through a young adulthood phase of prospering. They're going through the newlywed marriage phase of prospering. They're going through the having their own kids phase of prospering. They're going into the divine acceleration of open doors at an early age of prospering. They're going into I know what I'm supposed to do with my life and I'm not 50 years old before I figure something out prospering. That's the season they're in. Let me show you something about seasons. I mean, we can read the rest of this, but that's the point. That's point number three. The fruits that's going to come out of you is going to prosper, and it's never going to wither, and it's going to prosper in its season at the right time every time. Say this out loud. Everybody attached to me is going to be doing the right thing at the right time in the right place with the right people. And that's the way it'll be. From this day forward, I have a covenant. And anything that hadn't been that way, the anointing's in the room right now. It's fixing it. It's my time. Are you receiving this now? Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. His fruit and His season. Yes, it's my season. It's my now season. It's my now time. It's the right time. Divine openings of opportunity are coming to me and my fruit and my seed and my seed seed. On every side, glory be to God. God is setting the clock back. He's setting everything in order in my life. That's what His Spirit came to do for me and you. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Woo, glory be to God. 
Now listen, I hear something coming up in my spirit. God said, I will put my spirit upon him. Is there anybody in the room filled with the Holy Ghost? Yes. If you are, wave your hand real high. Don't be ashamed to say, I'm a Holy Ghost person. I'm full of the Holy Ghost. Now say this, God has put his spirit on me. Now say this, say, God has put his spirit on me. It'll do the same thing on me that it did on Jesus. I'm the body of Christ. Say, His Spirit is on me to prosper. His Spirit is on me to be free, delivered from my enemies. His Spirit is on me to be healed. His Spirit is on me to know what to do. I will not fail, and I refuse to be discouraged. Woo, glory be to God, hallelujah. Glory be to God, hallelujah. I'm telling you, there's a divine opening on these seeds. There's a hundredfold anointing coming on these seeds. Glory be to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. There's mighty, mighty power to prosper on these seeds. Woo! I don't know about you, but it seems like heaven's happy. Is your spirit happy? Are you receiving anything from God today? Then stand on up and receive it. I've got one more thing to do, so we'll do it while we're standing. Glory to God. Glory be to God. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now find somebody who say, I don't know about you, but I came to get mine today. It's my season. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Now remain standing. Since they're following me on the screen, it'll be easy. Look at this verse. Look at this verse. Isaiah 119. Are you ready? Oh, let's read it. It's what the Lord brought up to me yesterday, and I can see He's helping me today. Amen. Holy Ghost Spirit's helping me. He's a, see, that's what came on me. Yes, sir. I, I still didn't get to that point. I, I probably should have here, so let me just make it a little small synopsis. Um, the night after Brother Oral Roberts laid hands on me and that anointing came, I said, Lord, I, I've got to know that anointing's transferred whether I feel it or not, the, the faith in the feeling. And I learned why... Preaching works and why it doesn't. I don't know if you noticed it, but we read a verse. And I never got past the ministry of seeing part. But the scripture says down there, Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 4, he said, he said, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. He said, and manifestation of the truth. He said, we have not handled the word of God deceitfully. Here's the point. If the truth doesn't manifest, then the preacher is deceitfully handling the word the word is designed to manifest so if you hear a good teaching you've been deceived because the word has power our faith shouldn't stand in the wisdom of men but in the power of God it should work I said it should work and work right now now that's what's happening in the room now praise the Lord now in that, I saw that night, Brother Oral and Sister Evelyn in a night vision stood right at the end foot of our bed. And the Lord said to me, uh, he talked to me about the healing ministry for a while that night after that, in, in that hotel room there in Dallas, Texas. And then he pointed at her in the bed beside me and said, and always remember her music as a part. 
So we were in the Philippines. She was singing. A nine-year-old boy who was a deaf mute. Boom! His ears popped open while she was singing. No other blood can heal my broken body. No other blood can save my sin-sick soul. She was singing about that blood. And bam! That little boy, born deaf, nine years old, his ears, that out, they opened up. His first words were, Jesus. He, he couldn't speak because he couldn't hear. So when we tested him, the place went wild. I went back to the room later and I said, Lord, how'd that happen? You said faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I said, that boy's deaf. He couldn't hear. So he didn't have faith for that. And that's when the Lord said to me, believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall cast out devils. He said, do the demon possess believe? I said, no. He said, so then it's got to be the faith of the preacher. Are you listening to me? That's when I learned that whosoever shall say to this mountain and not doubt in his heart. And I realized that if I believe, while I'm preaching now, I'm not just talking about personal, but today, if I have revelation of this healing covenant, and I believe what I'm saying, while I'm saying it, boom, 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 it'll start moving mountains in the congregation. You need to understand, I've been talking to those mountains all day today. You need to realize they're coming up by the root and going into the sea. You need to understand, while I've been preaching, you've been being healed. The mountain has been moving out of your life. Things are being blown away. Now, you're hearing it, and while your faith is coming up, you have had help in the room beyond what you can believe for. Woo, is why you came. Woo, is why you came. He said, I'll put my spirit on it. So the ministry of Jesus is in the crowd. So here's what I want to finish with while you're standing. Isaiah 119 says this. If you be willing, say willing, willing. and obedient, obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Glory to God. A friend of mine did a deep Hebrew study, and basically he came up with the roots, and it says this. If you will just listen to me and do what I say, I'll make you rich. Hallelujah. In other words, God's wanting to help you. Hallelujah. And notice the two prerequisites, if you be willing and obedient. You know what the Lord brought up to me yesterday? It's what I'm teaching you today. He said, most people have no idea. He said, they don't even know that religion has, has separated them from the way I ministered in the earth. They really have never gotten a revelation that I, in a physical body, as a physical man, was called by my Father into a healing ministry. That I ministered with a healing anointing on purpose. That was my ministry. And he said, here's what I want you to see. I could have never done any good work. The good of the land, he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. I could have never gotten him into that good land of healing. If I had been unwilling in the ministry or disobedient. Are you listening to me? What if he had been unwilling? No, I don't want that ministry. No, they're going to persecute me and pick up rocks to stone me. I can't do that on a Sabbath. I don't want that. What if he had been disobedient to say in their faces the things he told, was told to say when they were questioning and challenging his authority? He shows you what a man's got to do to have a successful ministry. 
He's got to be willing and obedient. Now look at this. And he brought this verse up to me. Oh my goodness. It exploded in me. Matthew chapter 8, he brought this up to me. I want to look at it in the Amplified Classic. It's four verses. I know you're standing, but you're about to act on this. I'm about to act on this. You've got to see it. You've got to see it. Matthew 8, 1. Amplified Classic. When Jesus came down from the mountain, great throngs followed him. Behold, a leper came to him and prostrating himself, worshipped him, saying, Lord, look, look, if you are willing... Oh, come on now. <laughs> you, uh, is that coming alive in you? If you are willing, you're able to cleanse me by carrying me. Jesus said in verse 3 what? Reached out his hand. That's obedience. Now, why is that obedience? Because the man's unclean. He's breaking the law. He had to act on it. He reached out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. I am willing. I'm both willing and obedient. My, my father sent me to heal. I'm going to be obedient to that ministry. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. My father put his spirit on me to break the back of disease to judge leprosy. I judge this. It doesn't belong on you. And I, I'm willing to destroy leprosy in your life. And I saw it. I saw that the covenants in two parties and God the Father won't change. So it's settled on His end. Is He willing to heal me? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost are all in agreement. Now, when he tells you to do something, what's your end of the covenant? To be willing. Well, for one thing, you've got to put down all the other reports and believe the Lord's report. And you have to put down religious tradition. Well, I just don't know. I mean, I've never, of course, you've never heard it. Doubt and unbelief what you've been hearing. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh my. oh, my. Oh, my. Body Christ is too sick, he told me. He said, my body is too sick. I don't like it. Do something about it. He didn't die for you to stay sick. He didn't die for me to stay sick. He didn't die for us to fall short. Now, here's the key. The biggest hurdle for many to get over is I did this to my own dumb self. Because now your conscience gets deviled. And the Lord told you to stop doing this or that. You didn't stop doing this or that. You kind of had an adultery. You really wanted to do this or that. And now, it opened the door, broke the covering. And that's what we're doing here, divine recovery. Lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. He said, Hezekiah, you're going to recover and go into the house of the Lord. Sundial's going back 10 degrees. You're going to recover lost time. You're going to recover lost strength, lost energy, lost everything. Arise and pursue, you will without fail recover it all. Glory to God. So the Lord wants you to know He's willing. See it right down there in your life of what opened the door to this leprosy, which means uncleanness or what opened the door to it. He's willing. And you know what He said? He said, and you tell them, 
I'll be obedient. And that's the part he emphasized. He said they got to get both. They got to understand that I'm not only willing to heal them, but if they'll just let me, bam, it'll happen right then because I'm instantly obedient. You understand? Jesus is in the healing ministry. He's not just willing to heal you. He doesn't just want you well. He'll be obedient to heal you. 